Welcome to the Wealthy Woman's Podcast, a podcast for high-achieving women who are great at making money but struggle to build wealth. You'll learn how to take control of your money, increase your net worth, and make more. Ladies, it's time to create a life of more money and more freedom. Let's dive in. Well, hello there. Welcome back. I'm so excited you're here. And I know I say that all the time, but it's true. I really am excited that you're here. And today we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects and I have named it Your Fancy Brain. I've named this episode Your Fancy Brain because your brain is fancy. There are so many regions of your brain, so many parts of your brain, and we're gonna focus on two today because they are very important when it comes to building wealth and taking control of your money. So we're going to dive in and just get started. So the two parts of the brain we're going to discuss today are the primitive brain and the prefrontal cortex. These are two distinct parts that are found in all human beings. We're also going to discuss the motivational triad because there are three things that make up the motivational triad, and these are the things that keep us motivated as humans. And then we're going to also look at how these things affect our money, and this is going to be such a good conversation. So I'm going to go ahead and jump in and start with the primitive brain. So the primitive brain is found in all animals and in all human beings. It is the oldest part of our brains and it is focused 100% on survival. That's it. It is the part of your brain that has kept you alive all these years and it has kept your ancestors alive in the past. And so if you are here today listening to my voice, that means your primitive brain is working really, really well because you are actually here and your ancestors survived years and years and generations upon generations and you, my friend, are alive and well. So that means your primitive brain, your ancestors' primitive brains, did its job and you're here, okay? So that means your primitive brain is strong, it is working, and that's a great thing, but it could be a slight problem when you're trying to grow, when you're trying to build wealth, when you're trying to do some things you've never done before, okay? And this is true because your primitive brain wants to keep you living a familiar life, a life that is full of habits and only consists of things that you've already done before. So when you're trying to grow and step outside your comfort zone, your primitive brain thinks that's dangerous and it will try to stop you. It will try to keep you right where you are. So there's a lot of good things about the primitive brain, right? It keeps us alive. It it helped our ancestors survive the elements back in the cave days and you are here. So we thank the primitive brain for that and it still keeps us safe today. But I think it's working overtime. It still thinks we are in the cave and it still thinks it needs to keep us in a little bubble. And we have to remind our primitive brain that we are in a new 
living situation. We don't have to worry about living out in the elements and we can step outside our comfort zone. And actually stepping outside our comfort zone is what is best for us, okay? So just know that the primitive brain wants you to stay safe. It wants you to stay in your comfort zone and it's only concerned about the here and now. It doesn't care about the future. It just only has the capacity to think about right now. And with that being said, it loves instant gratification. (laughs) Okay. One of the primitive brain's favorite things is instant gratification. So now let's talk about the motivational triad, because this is how all animals and human beings are motivated. This is how we are designed. And this really is what our primitive brain operates off of. It's called the motivational triad, and it consists of three principal motivations. And it's in charge of our survival. And because of these three main motivations, we have survived all this time. Okay, now I'm going to break each one of those down and kind of give you some examples of what it was like back in the cave days when our ancestors were living in the elements and why the motivational triad was so important. But then I'm going to bring it back here to today and show you how if we continue to only be motivated by these three things, how we can actually be be causing ourselves harm in the process. So we're going to look at, okay, this is why it was so important back then. But when we look at it today, we need to start thinking about things a little differently. So the first part of the motivational triad is to seek pleasure. The second part is to avoid pain. And then the third part is to conserve energy or to be efficient. Okay, so let's take seeking pleasure. So Seeking pleasure was super important back in the cave days because it is literally what kept us alive. One of the things we did to seek pleasure was to procreate, right? And that was pleasurable. It felt good. And quite honestly, if we didn't do that, you and I wouldn't be here today. If our ancestors didn't procreate years ago, you and I would not be here today. And remember, the motivational triad is all about our survival, and so is the primitive brain. So by procreating, we were able to survive all these years, and that felt really good. And so our brains decided that, okay, anything that feels good is good. Anything that feels good will keep us alive. It will help us to survive. So that is what our brains did back in the caves. It did anything that was pleasurable, anything that felt good, it continued to do because it did help them to survive. Now, another thing that helped our um, ancestors survive was to eat good foods, right? To eat Healthy, good tasting food was pleasurable. Remember, we want to, we're talking about seeking pleasure right now. And so our ancestors were really good about deciding what foods to eat. Because if they ate the wrong foods, the food that tastes bitter, the food that made them sick, they knew that they could die. And they probably witnessed other people dying from eating poisonous berries. So they got really good at 
only eating the food that tasted good, that made them feel nourished, that made them feel energized. Anything that made them sick, anything that didn't taste good, they no longer ate, right? So again, it was reaffirming the fact that only do things that feel good. And another example is around staying warm and seeking shelter. So for instance, they probably witnessed people who did not stay warm and they froze to death, right? And they learned from that and they decided that, okay, we need to build a fire. And once they learned how to build a fire and they felt the warmth on their skin, they decided, okay, this feels good. We need to do more of this. How else can we keep warm? Then they learned that they could hunt and then they could use the fur from the animals and they can keep themselves warm even without fire. So again, it felt good to be warm. And so they kept doing more of that. So these are just three examples of how back in the cave days, when our ancestors lived in the elements, how seeking pleasure helped them to survive and actually helped us to be here today. Now, if we fast forward to modern times, seeking pleasure is still very important to our primitive brain. The motivational triad is still alive and well even today in these modern times. But here's the thing. If we seek too much pleasure, we can have negative consequences that we will have to deal with. So let's take food again. There are so many amazingly delicious foods that we can eat. Some of them are good for us and some of them are not. And if we follow the notion that if it feels good, we should do more of it, today we could end up making ourselves really sick, especially if we indulge in like lots of sugary foods, lots of fatty foods. So seeking pleasure today is good to an extent, but if we do it too much, we can actually cause ourselves harm. Okay, and so that is what I need you to understand, that your primitive brain does not understand the difference between enough pleasure and too much pleasure, like the right amount of pleasure or way too much pleasure. Because remember, it doesn't have the ability to think long term. It doesn't have the ability to worry about future consequences. And so luckily, there is another part of us called the prefrontal cortex that we're going to talk about in a little while that can keep us on the straight and narrow and keep us from overindulging in too much pleasure. Okay, now let's look at avoiding pain. This is another part of the motivational triad. And this is actually just the flip side of seeking pleasure. So remember we talked about how, you know, our ancestors probably witnessed people dying from being frozen to death, right? And so they saw that and they knew how painful that must have been. So they decided that, okay, we're going to avoid that. Um, The other example is of eating the berries, right? They probably tried those bitter poisonous berries in the past. They tasted horrible and it made them feel sick. And maybe they even watched someone die from eating those berries. And so their brain registered again, hey, there's some pain there. We want to avoid that pain and not do that. Now, that is amazing. And that's how we were able to to survive all those years. But now we're in modern times and sometimes pain is good for us, right? But our primitive brains can't comprehend that. 
our primitive brain is just like, nope, if it doesn't feel good, if it's painful, we should stay away from it. So let's take the example of exercise. We all know that exercising is good for us, but our primitive brain, a lot of us have a primitive brain that says, this is too much, I'm tired, this doesn't feel good, let's not do this because this is painful. Another example is around spending. So let's say you decide that you want to save a certain amount of money. Let's say you're working on building up your six-month emergency fund and you decide that this month you're gonna save $1,000 in your emergency fund. And when it's time to actually do that, you have an urge to buy something that you weren't planning to buy. Your primitive brain wants you to buy that thing because it's painful for you to have an urge and not answer it. Avoiding pain and seeking pleasure are two sides of the same coin because not only are you causing yourself pain by not buying that thing, you're also depriving yourself of quick hit of pleasure from that retail therapy. And so your brain is like, hey, this doesn't feel good to tell ourselves, no, it doesn't feel good. So let's not do it. Let's just indulge and let's just buy whatever we want because that is what feels good in the moment. And that's what's most important. Now, let's take the final part of the motivational triad, and that is to conserve energy or to be efficient. Now, again, we're going to go back to the cave. And this was super important again, because you really did need to conserve your energy so that you can hunt, so that if you were out hunting and a saber-toothed tiger came out from behind the rock, you could run as fast as you can to survive, right? So you really did need to conserve your energy so that you can stay alive and safe while you were out hunting. But again, let's fast forward to today and Our brain, our primitive brain still thinks we need to conserve energy because who knows, there could be a saber type, saber tooth tiger coming out the woodworks, right? And, but what it will look like now is, hey, I want to learn something new. You may have a goal to learn something new, but your primitive brain doesn't want to do it because it's going to take too much energy to learn something new. It just wants you to do what's habitual, It wants you to do the things you've always done before, and it doesn't want you to exert any energy to learn something new. So let's say you wanted to learn a new way of investing, or you wanted to learn how to create a spending plan so that you can start hitting your financial goals. Your primitive brain will discourage you from doing that because it takes too much energy and it wants you to just relax and it wants you to just live in the familiar and do the things you've always done before. So that is what the motivational triad is all about. It's all about seeking pleasure, avoiding pain, and conserving energy. And this is the system that your primitive brain works off of. But remember I said, there's this other part of you called the prefrontal cortex. And that is the part of you that is only available to human beings. Only human beings have a prefrontal cortex. So no other animal can say that they have a prefrontal cortex because they don't. Now let's talk about why the prefrontal cortex is so special. Well, it's the last part of our brain to fully develop. The goal of the prefrontal cortex is to thrive, to grow. It's the intelligent part of us. It is goal-oriented and it is focused not only on the present, but also the future. 
It thinks about what's best for today and what's best for you in the long term. This is the part of you that is just all about living your best life, living life to the fullest and not just merely living in your comfort zone. Now that you know the difference between the prefrontal cortex and the primitive brain, let's talk about how these parts of your brain affect your money. So the primitive brain, again, is all about instant gratification. So this is the part of your brain that will have you overspending. This is the part of your brain that doesn't want to pay attention to your money. You just want to spend it. You don't want to have to look at it. You just want to kind of avoid it, but also spend it, right? This is habitual. This is the habitual part of you. And here's what I want you to know. If it is a habit for you to live paycheck to paycheck, then your primitive brain wants you to keep living that way. If it's a habit for you to have a lot of debt, your primitive brain wants you to continue to live that way. If it's a habit for you not to have money in savings, then your primitive brain wants you to continue to live that way. Why? Because if you have been living that way for all these years and you have survived, then your primitive brain thinks you should continue doing that so that you can continue surviving. It wants you to do the familiar things you've always done before, right? It wants you to stay where you are, even though where you are is not very comfortable. Even though you know you want more out of life, your primitive brain just wants you to stay where you are, right? It doesn't want you to learn new ways of handling money. It wants you to keep doing what you've always done before. Now, on the flip side, your prefrontal cortex, that human part of you, it wants you to grow. It's the part of you that has you listening to this podcast right now. It's the part of you that knows you should set goals and you should have some ambition when it comes to your money. It's the part of you that could be saying, hey, join the Wealthy Woman's Academy because that's where you can really get the support you need so that you can create the money results that you want to create, right? It wants you to have wealth, not only now, but in the long term. It wants you to leave the legacy that you dreamed of for your children. Right. And here's another thing I want you to know that these two parts of your brain, the primitive brain and the prefrontal cortex, they are at odds with each other. Because one wants you to stay where you are and the other one wants you to grow. And so many times we think that the primitive brain is stronger, but that's not true. The prefrontal cortex is way more powerful than your primitive brain can ever be. But for some reason, we don't know that. And I want you to know that it is. Your prefrontal cortex is way more powerful than your primitive brain. And I'm going to give you a really funny example of how this could work. It's like a nice little analogy. So let's pretend that your primitive brain is is a toddler and your prefrontal cortex brain is the parent. And let's pretend the parent and the toddler are at the grocery store and the toddler sees a pack of fruit snacks and the toddler really, really wants those fruit snacks. And the parent knows that those fruit snacks are not good for the toddler. And so the parent says, no, we did not come here for fruit snacks. We came here to get some broccoli for dinner. And so, no, we won't be having that, right? So the plan was just to come into the grocery store and get some broccoli and some other things for dinner. 
And the toddler is trying to derail those plans because it sees the fruit snacks in the moment and it wants what it wants in the moment. And so when the adult tells the toddler no, the toddler has a fit. The toddler falls to the ground and starts to wail and scream and shout and all sorts of things. So in this moment, it does seem like the toddler has all the control. It seems like the toddler has all the power. But we both know, all of us know, that if the adult really wanted to be in control, he or she could. The adult could literally just kindly pick up the toddler, walk out the store, put the toddler in her car seat or his car seat and drive away. That is how much more powerful the adult is over the toddler. Even though when the toddler was flopping around on the floor, it seemed as if the toddler had all the power. The truth is, sometimes we do give the toddler all the power. We give in to their tantrums. We give them whatever they want just so that they can be quiet. And that is how we as human beings do with our primitive brain. So if our primitive brain wants something, it sees something, let's say at Target, and you weren't even there to buy it, but you feel this urge, you feel this nudge, this feeling like I got to have it. And so then we just give in. Our prefrontal just gives up and gives in. And then we think that, oh, this other part of us, the part that offers all the urges is more powerful, but that's just not true. And here is how you put the prefrontal cortex in charge of the primitive brain when it comes to your money. Here's the secret to doing it. Are you ready? Okay, here it is. Plan your spending ahead of time. When you plan your spending ahead of time, you are putting your prefrontal cortex in charge of your money because your prefrontal cortex knows what's best for you. It has the dreams and the goals and it wants you to achieve them. But when we do not plan our spending ahead of time, we automatically allow the, pr- the primitive brain to be in charge of our money. So when we just let the money come in and we don't pay attention to it and we don't make a plan for it, we don't give it a purpose, then the primitive brain gets to be in control and then guess what? The money disappears, you wonder where it all goes, you're not meeting your goals and you just feel stuck. But the way to get control and let that prefrontal cortex be in control of your money is to plan your spending ahead of time. And I teach you how to do this in a non-restrictive way inside of my money coaching program, the Wealthy Woman's Academy. I know so many people say, you know what, Jermaine, I make a budget, but I don't stick to it, right? And inside the Wealthy Woman's Academy, we really don't make budgets. We create spending plans that are non-restrictive and very intentional, And we do this in such a way where you can stick to it and you actually want to stick to it. So you are welcome to join us inside of the Wealthy Woman's Academy so that you can learn my process for creating spending plans that give you freedom and not take freedom away. But if you really want to learn step by step how to do it, join us inside the Wealthy Woman's Academy work on that and I can personally help you create yours so that you can use it so that you can put your primitive brain on hold and let your prefrontal cortex run the show when it comes to your money. 
Okay, so that is what I have for you all today. But let's do a quick recap. We talked about the two areas of your brain, the primitive brain and the prefrontal cortex. We also talked about the motivational triad and how it is the motivation for us to survive. And that is all about seeking pleasure, avoiding pain and conserving energy. And then we talked about how these things and how these parts of our brain affect our money. And we learned that the way to put our prefrontal cortex in charge of our money is to plan our spending ahead of time. And we learned that the primitive brain is not more powerful than the prefrontal cortex, that the prefrontal cortex, that higher part of you, that adult part of your brain is way more powerful. And all you have to do is let it be. All right. I hope this was helpful and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Hey, before you go, If you're ready to create a life with more money and more freedom, then you're invited to join the Wealthy Woman's Academy, my signature coaching program where you'll learn how to take control of your money and build wealth without sacrificing your lifestyle. To get started, head on over to germainefoley.com. That's germain with a G, foley.com. See you there.